0: an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll Spiritual Sword Media presents The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And now, Mike Hickson. We're going to be looking today at Revelation chapters 21 and 22 and we're going to be talking about heaven. The songs that we've been privileged to sing this morning, have reminded us of that place that we call heaven. There's no place like home. When I was a college student, away from home for the first time, I can remember on many occasions thinking about home, wanting to go home. There would be times that I would have the opportunity to go home and spend the weekend. It was always hard to get in the car, drive back to school. There's just, there's just no place like home, is there? And so today I want us to think for a minute or two about our home in heaven. One day, the Lord willing, we will all be together in heaven. There will be no place like heaven. Many of the songs that we sing from week to week remind us of heaven. And yet, to somehow wrap our minds around the concept of an eternal home, it's hard to do, isn't it? But in a very plain and forthright way, the Bible talks to us about heaven. I know that one day, if the Lord delays his coming, I will leave this earth, that I, like many before me, will step outside this veil of existence and go into eternity. One day I plan to go home, and I want you to go with me. Let's think for a minute or two about this heavenly city that we read about in scripture. There are a lot of passages of scripture that talk to us about heaven. I have chosen chapters 21 and 22 because I think in a very concise way, in a very vivid way, John speaks to us about this place. And so as we look at these two chapters, I want first of all to give you a glimpse of the heavenly city listen to what John said in chapter 21 verse 2 I John saw the holy city when we talk about getting a glimpse of heaven that's really what we have a glimpse there are three things that I think of in relationship to this point. point first of all we need to understand the preparation that is being made for this heavenly city. John said in verse 2, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. When you and I think about The preparation being made for heaven. I think about the design of heaven and the grand designer. Jesus said in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The Bible tells us that Jesus has gone to prepare for us an eternal abiding place. I would remind you that Jesus was the agent by which the world was made, God being the great architect of the universe. And Jesus is the one who has gone to prepare for us this eternal abiding place. And then secondly, I think about the permanence of the heavenly city, its duration. When we we talk about the permanence of heaven, what we need to understand is it will go on unceasingly. Jesus in Matthew chapter 25 talked about the righteous going away into everlasting life in verse 46. When we we think about heaven, you need to understand that it will never end. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's based on that resurrection that we have a living hope. And Peter said we have an inheritance. It is incorruptible. It is undefiled. And he said it fades not away. It's reserved in heaven for you. Imagine going to a heavenly city that will in no way be disrupted by time. It's going to last forever to think that 100 million years from now, heaven will still exist. It goes on out into infinity forevermore. And then I think about how it is picturesque. Think with me for a moment about the heavenly city, the picture that is painted for us ...of this beautiful city. In verse 9, John said in the long ago that he was instructed to come. and the voice, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain... ...and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God and her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone clear as crystal. When we begin to read about the description given to us about heaven, I'm not sure that human language can do it justice. Think with me for a moment about the most beautiful place you've ever been on planet Earth. What's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Where is the most beautiful place you've ever visited? But I say to you that all of those things, all of those places will pale in comparison to the beauty of heaven. We could bankrupt the human language and still not do justice to the beauty of this place. The Holy Spirit inspired John the Apostle to record for us the beauty of this heavenly city. And I think in a very candid and vivid way, The Bible speaks to us of the beauty of heaven. But whether or not we can truly fathom its beauties, I don't know. There are some pretty places in this world. We talk about the handiwork of God's creation. The psalmist said, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. But Think about the handiwork of God in heaven. You can go from the east coast to the west coast, and you'll see some beautiful places. You can go up north, travel down south. You can step outside the United States and visit other countries, other continents, but no place compares to the heavenly city. Listen, if you would, to what John said in the long ago. He said, picking up in verse twelve, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and twelve gates, or rather twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And then down in verse fifteen, he said, he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. We talk about the walls of the city, the size of the city the gates of the city, the foundation of the city. Look at verse 19. And the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. And so John here is saying that heaven is a very beautiful place. In verse 22 he said, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. And the Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And so when we talk about how it is a picturesque city it is indeed that it is a beautiful city there is a second thing I want you to see from Revelation chapters 21 and 22 we are garnered a glimpse into the heavenly city but think with me if you would about the glory of the heavenly city listen again to what John said the glory of God illuminated it and the lamb is its light In verse 23 of chapter 21, two very important things. Number one, we are going to be in the presence of God. Can you imagine that? At some point in time in history, in the future, we are going to be in the presence of Almighty God, the Lamb and the Holy Spirit. Drop down and look at chapter 22 for just a minute. In chapter 22, verse 3, the Bible says, There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In 1 John chapter 3, John talks about that point in time in the future when we shall see the Lord as he is. He said, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Can you imagine being in the presence of Almighty God? Of standing in the presence of the Lamb, Jesus the Son? Of being in the presence of the Holy Spirit forevermore? To think that we're going to stand in the presence of our Creator, our Sustainer, and our Redeemer forevermore. Again, I'm not sure that I can fully wrap my mind around that, that thought. To know that we shall see the King someday as we sing. But then also, we're going to be in the presence of the people of God. Listen very carefully. One day, we're going to be in the presence of the people of God forevermore. There are two things that I want to share with you along these lines. Number one, there's going to be a reunion in heaven. You ever thought about that? Many of us have lost loved ones. Have you lost a Christian husband? Have you buried a Christian wife? Have you lost... A son or daughter in infancy? Have you lost a Christian son or daughter? Have you buried a Christian brother or sister, a friend or neighbor? Let me tell you, one day we're going to be with those people that we have known and loved and we're going to be with them forevermore. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, when David lost his infant son. The Bible says that he made the statement, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me again. What a great reunion. There are some folks that I look forward to seeing in heaven one day. There are some people that I have known and loved that have been a part of this congregation. They are in eternity now. And they are at rest. John said in Revelation chapter 14 verse 13, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. We've lost some people in the past few years. But let me tell you what, every person that we lost in Christ will be reunited with again. We'll see them again. Not only are we going to see the king in all of his glory, but we're going to see loved ones that we have spent time with here on planet Earth. And so there's going to be a grand reunion in heaven. We talk about the holidays, and holidays are special times. And one of the things that makes the holidays so special for many of us is the opportunity to spend time with family and friends and people that we love. And oftentimes, we'll get the opportunity to to spend maybe several days with them. Not long ago, we had the opportunity to spend time at home. And I remember texting my brother and saying to him, I wish we lived closer together. You see, we're not able to spend much time together. But there's coming a day when we're going to have the greatest of reunions it's going to be in heaven not only are we going to experience a great reunion in heaven but there's going to be rejoicing in heaven listen if you would to what john said in revelation chapter 19 at verse 7 let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready one day we're going to be in the presence of God and we're going to be in the presence of the people of God. And we're going to rejoice. And I think one of the reasons we're going to rejoice is because we made it. I was thinking about being in heaven. And the words that kept coming to my mind over and over again, thank God, thank God, thank God I made it. To know that we'll be in heaven. Is it not the case that we will rejoice? That we'll be grateful that we are in the presence of God. And with the people of God. To know that we are in this heavenly city. And then to know that we can. Spend eternity. Praising God. For who he is. And for what he is. And for what he's done for us. And to know that. This will go on throughout all of eternity. There's a third thing I want you to see in Revelation chapters 21 and 22. And that is there are some guarantees about the heavenly city that you and I need to appreciate. Listen if you would to what John records in chapter 21 verse 5. Right, for these words are true and faithful. Contextually, John is talking about the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. And the Lord is saying, "Right, for these words are true and faithful. Whatever God says, you can bank on it. Has somebody ever told you they'll do something, they'll follow through with something, they'll follow up on something, and then didn't keep their word. Sometimes people make promises. They they say they'll do this or they'll do that, and then they never do it. Listen, when God says he will do something, he will do it. The Bible tells us, speaking of Almighty God, he cannot lie. Whenever God says, this is true, this is faithful, you can believe it. It is true. So What about these guarantees? What are some guarantees that we have about the heavenly city? Number one, there will be the absence of grief in the heavenly city. Listen to what John said in chapter 21 at verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Number one. There will be no separation in that heavenly city. I want to ask you a question. Have you buried anybody over the past year? What about the past two years, three years, four years, five years? For most of us, we've lost loved ones. And what John in the Revelation is saying, John is saying, There will be no more death. I look forward to the day when I do not have to do another funeral service. I am honored to conduct funeral services. But I look forward to the day when the sting of death is gone. Listen. I may die at some point in time in history. If the Lord Lord delays his coming, I know that I will die. I may die once, but I can promise you this, I'm not going to die again. I may die in this life, but I'm not going to die in the next life. And John is saying, there will be no more death. Can you imagine? No more cemeteries. No more funeral homes. No more crying and weeping because we have lost a loved one. John is saying, There will be no more separation. And then listen to what he says there will be no more sorrow. How many times have you wept over the past year? Have you wept because you lost a loved one? Many of us have shed tears, we've cried. Because we've lost loved ones. We've cried because of the joys and the frustrations of life. Because life at best is hard. And John is saying, in this heavenly city, there will be no more sorrow. I can't imagine being in a place where people are not living in sorrow. But John is saying, I promise you, I promise you, you will be in a city where there will never again be sorrow. And then listen to what he says. Not only will there not be any more sorrow, nor crying, he said, there will be no more pain. There's not going to be any more sickness in heaven. I talked to a gentleman yesterday and told me he's been battling cancer. We have members here that battle cancer. There are a lot of folks in this congregation that have a lot of health problems. There are people that live in chronic pain. And yet, when we talk about heaven, no sickness, no disease, no illness, none of that. If you want want to get an understanding of what sickness is all about and the pain associated with sickness... Let me invite you to go down and spend some time at St. Jude Hospital. Look at some of those young folks that are battling cancer. I promise you, it'll give you insight into human disease. And yet, here's what John's saying no sickness, and then no suffering. Listen to him. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, and there shall be no more pain. No more pain. No more mental anguish. No more anxiety. No more worries. No more heartaches. No more physical suffering. There are people in our world, they have been broken. It it is as if a hammer has come down upon them and they are suffering. They get up in the morning and they're suffering. They go to bed at night and they're suffering. And John is saying, there will be no more pain. That's what we have to look forward to. No separation. None. No sorrow. No sickness. No suffering. Let me ask this question. Do you know any place like that on earth? You can go from pole to pole, from coast to coast. You will never find a place comparable to heaven. So there is, first of all, the absence of grief in the heavenly city. Secondly, there will be the absence of the godless in the heavenly city. Listen, if you would, to what John said in verse 8. But the fearful, the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, fornicators, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Number one, in that heavenly city there will be no more crime. Well, that sounds appealing, doesn't it? refreshing. What's the news tonight? When you watch the news tonight, you're going to get a first-hand glimpse into the hearts and lives of a lot of people on planet Earth. And you know what they're doing? They're involved in crime. They're killing, they're stealing, they're doing all kinds of things. And yet, what John is saying is, When we get to that heavenly city, we're not going to have to deal with crime anymore. Look, when we get to that heavenly city, we're not going to be living next door to a thief. We're not going to have a gang living down the road from us. We're not going to have murderers. We're not going to have immoral people. Those folks, they're going to face the wrath of God. So no crime and no corruption That's refreshing too, isn't it? To think that we are in a place that is untainted, free from the defilements of this world. Look at verse 27, chapter 21. Listen to what John said. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let me ask this question in closing today Who's going to heaven? Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. is your name in the Lamb's book of life. Listen to what John said back in, in chapter 20, verse 12. John said, I saw the dead small and great standing before God, and books were opened. The books that John is talking about here, the Old and New Testament books. And what John is saying is that on that great and final day, we're going to be judged on the basis of this book that we call the Bible. How well do you know the Bible? How well does your life match up with what is written in the Bible? This is the book that's going to judge you one day. Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. In Romans 2, 2, Paul said, We know that the judgment of God is according to truth. Jesus said, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth, John 17, 17. So this is the book that's going to judge us. And John is saying, when we stand before that throne one day, this book's going to be opened, the New Testament, and we're going to be judged accordingly. But then he said, another book was opened, which is the book of life. Is your name in that book? The book of life is that heavenly register. And those who have obeyed the gospel, that is, those who have believed that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24, repented of every sin, Acts 2, verse 38, confessed the name of Jesus, Acts 8, verse 37, and have been immersed in a watery grave of baptism so that every sin could be washed away, Acts 22:16— 16. Their names are recorded in that Lamb's book of life. Now, the condition is to keep one's name in the book of life Faithfulness. Jesus said, be faithful until death. And the promise is, I'll give you a crown of life. So, is your name in the Lamb's book of life? One day, when all is said and done, at some point in the future, known to God, we'll stand before him. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to God. What will the king say to you? Will he say to you, well done, good and faithful servant? Will he say to you, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire? Here's the beauty of everything we're talking about. You can go to heaven. All you have to do is follow the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again and to see video archives, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love